0: I finally just got pissed off.
1: There were times where I knew I screwed up when I shouldn't have screwed up. I
0: mean, that's why it's so important to shoot a lot.
1: We had no clue what we were doing.
0: They make great slingshots. And I think
1: I'll go stay at night out there and uh, see if I can't find some freshly shed elk There's Somebody tell us, <laughs> you
0: know, are we actually started? Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's okay. <laughs>
0: all right i guess here we go yeah huh?
1: <laughs> um number three
0: yeah number three we're back weren't really planning on uh today i mean we had we just received uh just a couple days ago uh trophy line sent us our saddles that we're going to be using for yeah. bear season they're pretty cool
1: i'm and, excited we uh looked like we had no clue what we were doing
0: when we were trying them out for the first time. It's certainly not an instructional video. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. We won't be doing any how to videos on how, how to how to do that correctly. Uh, it's gonna take us a couple times, but I feel like we figured it out pretty fast.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it was super yeah, super for for not ever doing it at all. We had right. figure it out. Pretty quick, right? And
1: so you can teach old dogs new tricks. <laughs> yeah, seasoned dogs new <laughs>
0: exactly. tricks. Exactly. And, and the plan today, we were actually going to do a little clip and shoot out of it and everything, yep. and then and then John was going to do some shed hunting. Yeah. And then we got <laughs> it's windy out there. It right?
1: is super windy, and in fact, I don't even I don't know if you're aware of this, but my daughter just bought a bow, and she was going to come over today, and I was going to work with her on that because she's never shot before. Oh and the wind kind of it it, it, it was a bad day to try to teach somebody to shoot a bow so anyway that all those plans went out the window so we decided to do a podcast instead
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. so yeah anyway you going out then probably next week you'll get yeah
1: next week i i it's supposed to be super nice next weekend i think i'll go stay the night out there and uh See if I can't find some freshly shed elk antlers.
0: I know you take your buggy. I do take my buggy. And and you've, I I, I believe you actually just pack everything on there to camp, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we can talk about that. Actually, yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I, I in cool. fact, I did last week. It was, <laughs> I decided to go last week, which I'm not sure was a good idea, but we did it anyway and uh it was snowing like crazy but anyway yeah so i put everything in so what i do i have a it's a pioneer uh honda pioneer uh five-seater thing it's got a decent respectable size bed in it so i can fit some stuff in there and i put everything in waterproof bags and uh i go for a ride and then I stay the night. <laughs> so, How
0: far, like, from where you park?
1: From where I parked to where I, so the other day, like, where I parked to where I camped was about 30 miles on oh, the wow. buggy. And, uh, yeah, so I did that. And, and you're like, your
0: starting point is like 30 miles? Yeah. From there. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Well, where I, yeah, where I set up camp at 30 miles. And then, and where I happened to set up camp last week, it was, I literally, hunted from right there oh. um you know it's within... not
0: like you're spooking any game well unless there's animals out you there. know i did
1: not see i saw uh what did i see i think i saw a couple of antelope i didn't see any elk at all although you could tell they'd been in the area yeah. um i'm assuming it was all cows because i didn't find any fresh antlers at all found some some older ones but man, there was a pile of sign in there. But they'd it. moved on, I guess. I don't know. I never even never saw a single elk well, I was Speaking out there last week.
0: Speaking of antelope, have you ever found an antelope shed?
1: The sheath, sheath? a couple times. You don't find them very often. No, they're
0: with them being made from hair. Exactly. They get ate up pretty quick. They
1: do. Yeah, yeah I think the mice or rodents, whatever, even yeah. eat, eat them up pretty fast, and yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they're pretty tough to find. I remember seeing a uh, set
0: that were from Wyoming. And they were huge. And the, a taxidermist was actually fixing them because they started getting chewed on a little bit. But mm-hmm. like I said, this thing is huge. But he says that it's so rare that they're even found because of, just like you're... Right, saying,
1: exactly. Man. Yeah, I literally, I can... And off the top of my head, I can only think of finding one. But I, I'm pretty sure I found a couple more than that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: And you're not using a dog, right?
1: No, I don't use dogs... Uh, not opposed to using dogs. I just don't have one that would work for it. Uh, it'd be interesting, actually. It'd be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I see a few pe- more and more people are using them out
1: west. Uh, they, yeah, exactly. It seems
0: like it kind of started out east, it seems uh, like.
1: Yeah, the- you know, I probably. I don't know, to be honest with you. I know I, years ago, I was in... Uh, it was pretty interesting. We went to... Uh, my wife has some family in New York, up, upstate, or I guess east, wherever. I don't know, somewhere in New, New York. York, where they hunt. They have an old 500-acre farm there and stuff and they oh. whitetail hunt all the time well one of the things they could do there which i we can't do here is track a wounded animal with a dog oh yeah. and so that was actually a business back there was was people would train their dogs to track blood and hunters would hire them if they couldn't find their animals to go you can't do that here in idaho i don't know i think you i don't can. think yeah. you can in california no i guess i was thinking california yeah but i don't know can you do that here john you've been out here for I since know. 1970 29 years Whatever, i yeah. should probably know stuff like that it's not <laughs> um, stuff i do so
0: right no you i believe you i know you can know yeah you, you can. can i guess because you but can you do use hunt dogs, dogs or... like you can hunt lions and bears and stuff but you can't i don't believe you can like chase deer and that type of thing got okay, you yeah.
1: could you find a wounded deer with yeah
0: them? i believe yeah you can track hmm. use them for tracking maybe we I, should
1: start a business yeah. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah.
0: Like we don't have enough to do. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean i started when I started seeing guys it seemed like and gals mostly it was back east for for you know, whitetail. And right. now it seems like they're getting a lot more out of here. Right.
1: Yeah, a lot of shed hunter. You see a lot on Instagram and stuff like that. People shed hunting with their dogs and it's pretty cool. It's nice to have a companion. I do it by myself ninety nine percent of the time. So your dog would be kind of fun to have along with you, keep yeah. you company, I
0: guess. Yeah, but, yeah. And if it could help, um, yeah, I wonder how many I always see the dogs, you know, quite often with people. But I wonder how many are actually shed hunting dogs, or how many are just they're just getting some exercise. exercise. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of it too. Yeah, but, it's good exercise. That's yeah. So what like do that. you
0: do with your sheds anyway? besides christmas tree.
1: Yeah, if got, and then if, you guys if, check out my yeah, Instagram page. Is, I have the last 2 years I've made a christmas tree out of my uh, shed antlers that we collect and uh they're I, way cool. They're it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of work like to put a tree together and then you got to tear it all down.
0: Especially well, yeah, even every year because you don't they're not like numbered so you got no, to No, exactly. Out- so it's a
1: different tree every year. It's just like going to cut your own tree, you know. I get a lot of comments about uh you should leave that up for your round. Uh, I don't know if my wife would let me do that, but <laughs> I'm grateful that she lets me do it. It's a lot of fun. And it, honestly, it's, it's pretty cool. Now my older tradition. kids come home and uh, it is it's starting to be a tradition. And anyway, my older kids come home and help us put it together. And oh. I like kind of let them do it this last year. It was, you know, a lot less work for me that way.
0: <laughs> that horn, put that horn up there. Right. And you use deer and elk, right? It?
1: Yeah. So I start with the biggest elk antlers I have on the bottom. And then you kind of gotta get smaller ones as you go up, or you can't get that taper right, you know. So you always yeah. end up with a spot that's maybe leaning one cool. way or Sorry. the other a little bit. But Jenga. Is, yeah, exactly. So, but it's been fun. Um, we are starting to make. So I have. I, I think we talked about it in the first um, video or the first podcast a little bit, but I have a little. We should have a little t-shirt business. Yeah. That we're doing. and then, Yeah, you get your uh, item Idaho I am. This is pay. our newest one, actually. We just got these prints in. And, uh, yeah, so they'll be for sale here shortly. Actually, we don't have them on the website yet, but hopefully before Memorial Day is what we're shooting for to get stuff made. And, oh, cool. And out. But anyway, uh, we're also starting to make some stuff out of the antlers that we're going to sell on there as well. Oh, yeah. And a buddy of mine does some laser engraving, and so he's has engraved some stuff for us. And uh, it's turned out really cool. So he has a bunch of them right now. We just did some older antlers to, to as a trial run, and yeah. he in, was able to engrave on those super easy. And uh, so, yeah, so I cut some browns up, some smaller ones. I'm not going to cut my big ones up. But uh, <laughs> you work too hard for them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so we'll probably be selling some of those. Growing up, I remember
0: getting in trouble one time because I, I got all the two-point sets of horns, not all of them. But a bunch of them, they make great slingshots. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Until they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of
0: got in trouble because I was cutting them and making slingshots out of them and selling them.
1: That's hilarious. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> they work pretty dang good. Gosh, I could probably do that. That's a great idea. <laughs> wow. An antler slingshot. There's another, there's another there you business go. for you. John. More stuff. To, yeah, that's all I need yeah. more stuff to do.
0: How, how, how long will you... uh shut until usually
1: uh i go till i usually use the end of bear season as my cutoff date because i usually if i kill a bear early which i've done a couple times on uh, you know uh, june 15th is the where i hunt bear season is over june 15th so if i kill a bear early like i said like i've done a couple of times and i'll that area has you know they winter in there as well and so i'll go look for sheds you know don't find a lot up there but i do find some but it gives me something but anyway i always keep track every year of how many i count and that's my or how many i find and that's my cutoff uh is june 15th oh gotcha for no real reason other than that's when bear season's over so
0: have you seen uh <laughs> increase
1: in what you're finding or decrease or- oh man yeah no definitely decrease for sure um couple factors you know I think more people are doing it but a lot of people were doing it have been doing it for several years now and I've been doing pretty well but uh, the winner the winners aren't as bad as they used to be so they're not in the same areas as as many and so I think that affects how many you find I went from two years ago I found a hundred and 30 something or 160 something I can't remember 130 six i think is what it was and last year i think i found 68 so oh wow yeah it was pretty dramatic drop off it was it was a tough year last year there's literally was no winter and so the elk hadn't moved into their normal winter range so i was so they were spread out more so i'd find less in an area and you know and frankly i had to find new areas to try and look for them in and you know some spots were uh, good
0: i know a few years ago we had a pretty bad winter did you find uh, more winter kills?
1: Uh,
0: deadheads type thing.
1: Um, I, I don't or you know. Think a I was didn't make it down here. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I, I have found you know. Over the years, you find quite a few deadheads for various reasons. I found one uh, this year so far, a little buck. But um,
0: it seems like I, that year. Um, what has it been, like four years ago or something like that? And we had a bit, pretty bad winter. Yeah. It was like the worst winter we had yeah. in seven years yeah, or yeah. something like that. I know we lost a lot of game. And, and I often wondered, because animals for so many years, let's say the offspring, because they were mild winters, they didn't have to go farther to get away from, you know, to get in better air. You know what I True. mean? True, yeah. That I wondered if they, because a lot of those storms, if you remember, they just... Came pretty quick. Counted, and yeah, and I wonder if some of them made it to where they thought they were safe, mm-hmm. but in reality weren't because that's where it seemed like a fair amount of winter kills. Yeah,
1: were. that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, about four years ago, I guess I did find quite a few uh, winter kills uh, just here, not too far from the house. But a lot of things, a lot of times, what you see too is is you'll see a lot of more road kills too oh. because they get down by the you know down into the yeah. Um, just close to the roads, yeah, close to the roads and the freeway, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, that's running through some winter winter range right there. When it's bad winters, and you'll see a lot of dead animals at that point yeah, on I those bad years. Several
0: years ago, when we had. It's been quite a few years ago. We had uh, early two thousands. We had a really really rough winter. For some reason, they were hanging real close to the interstate that year. Do you remember that year? Yeah, and there was yep. hundreds and hundreds of them. Yep. And there was so many road kills right. that year. It's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer bummer to see that, but yeah, part of the deal, I guess. I don't yeah,
0: know. <laughs> yeah. People I know, and like I've always said, I have nothing against shed hunting or whatever. And if you find a dead animal, we find a dead animal. But they're a lot of times really excited when they find a deadhead, right? Yes. And I kind of get a little sad, right? Not that, like I said, right. I, I would be probably maybe happy if I did find one too, but it's it's. It's just, I just feel like, dang it, man, that thing didn't make it. Yeah. You know, and especially when they're um, even, not even necessarily the older bucks, but, or bulls or whatever, but the younger ones that still have, could have had many more years, you know. For Absolutely. For whatever reason, than yeah. lose their lives.
1: Yeah. I found uh, two years ago, I found a really, a pretty nice, he wasn't huge, but maybe a 320 type bull, uh, deadhead, that nice six point bull, and it's funny cause you're mixed emotions. You're like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. You know? And then at the same time you're like, Oh, that's too bad. But I got up to him and he, it was from that last year. And there was still some, there was hide still on his head between his antlers. And so anyway, whatever, I didn't think much of it. So when I got him home and he sat here for a while and then later I was cutting that off just to make it, you know, just get the hide and stuff off of there. And there was a, broken antler point right between his and oh, his skull. Really? It was only, you know, there's only about that much broken off the tip of another bull's antler right in his skull. You think that's what killed him? I okay. don't think that killed him, but I think he uh, that fight killed him, you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. I don't think that was the determining factor, but uh I I don't I don't know. Yeah. And maybe not, but you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure maybe he got poked somewhere else too and the ribs are yeah. you know, punctured alone or something i mean who knows but ah, wow. i i felt like he died from that rather than from a winter kill yeah or he just was so beat up from that that he ended yeah, up dying from the yeah. winter but everything was hard to say mm. yeah. but pretty cool it was cool it was a nice bowl it was fun
0: yeah what'd you do with it
1: uh he's hanging out in the garage he... yeah turned a bad day i went i had walked probably four or five miles and hadn't found a single thing lost my gps somehow Ooh. yeah i was having a bad day and i was glassing this flat and i could just see one antler sticking out of the out of the sagebrush and i'm like oh sweet i saw it's pretty sure it was a long ways away but i was pretty sure i mean it was sticking up so high it's like had to be a deadhead yeah so i got over there and, and sure enough it was like so anyway i picked him up and started kind of walking back through that sagebrush pocket and i man that just started it you can flip a bad day around so fast i found antler after antler after oh, antler right there yeah <laughs> it was fun and then i even went back a couple of weeks later and found a bunch more right wow. in that same little area so they had wintered in there a few times and That's it hadn't cool. been hit yeah it was pretty cool yeah
0: i did find i remember finding a half a mule deer uh you know one shed in new mexico and i was going mm-hmm. down there and this we were actually scouting for elk and uh this guy the other guy i was with he was like jacked because it was it was a good find, and it took about three steps, and there was the other side. Oh sweet! So it was a mad dash, right? And I won, right. but I got them both, and I'm like, what am I gonna do with these? Right?
1: Wanna... <laughs> he was
0: like, oh dude, you want to sell those? And I was like, nah, just take them. And then come to find out, he mounted it was a one like a one ninety some buck. He mounted him up and sold it. <laughs>
1: that's funny that's a big buck though yeah Holy it was a cow. heck of a buck but monster yeah,
0: after I, I think the race to them was what i was after yeah right saying, i
1: beat you to the exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is fun finding sets in fact now that we're talking about sets that one right by you there uh i found it i found a brown i want to say it was three years ago and it had still had blood on the base and I looked and I went back and looked and I looked and looked and walked and walked and walked and never found the other side. And then the next year I was, I got into a pocket and those, whoever's watching on YouTube, but I, I ended up finding this, this antler right here. And then I found the other side. what ap- ended up being the other side to that set. I wasn't sure at the time. It took me a while to figure that out. Uh, How far? from where the first one was it ended up not being that far it just happened to be a spot i never walked it was probably i mean it was decent it was a half a mile or so maybe i mean so they weren't super close but and then i found another there's one below us here but it was like a 50 inch main beam younger bull though i really looked for the other side for that one too but then i never could find it but uh yeah it was pretty cool once i realized Once I realized that, Oh my gosh, that's one from the set. The other side, the one I found last year, that was the first time I'd ever done that. That was, Ah, that was pretty fun.
0: I did find a, uh, I I was guiding down in uh, Nevada and I found a buck, um, had a hunter. We're actually on our way up. uh, Um, my hunter came in season was going. It was day before his hunt actually started. And so he, uh, Showed up, and I said, let's go shoot your gun. He drove out from, I think it was Indiana, if I remember right. Never shot a mule there before. And he uh, drove, so usually, you know, you have to worry about their guns, but I always want to make sure no matter what. So I, I got a, had a portable bench and everything to go shoot, and we were actually staying in California, like eight miles away, and then we crossed over into Nevada, and that's where his hunt unit started. So there was a gravel big gravel piles over there for the DOT or something and shot his gun. It was right on. And I said, I want to go up to, um, I want to take a ride up to the spot. I says, I saw, you know, an okay four point. Um, He's kind of crabby in the front. But um, I thought I saw the night before a really good buck just before dark. So we go up there and – we're driving up there. Come around a corner, and here's like a one eighty-five, four-point, actually five by four, with some does. And he goes, "Can I shoot him?" And I'm like, "Yeah." You know, as a like officially hadn't started it. I didn't care. I mean, the season was going on. Right. So boom, he shoots it, and you know, we were gone like I think we were gone like an hour and forty-five minutes from the time we left until we got <laughs> back with his deer. <laughs> And his hunt hadn't even started yet. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I went back up to that spot the next. We got his deer all taken care of. And he just wanted to hang, around, hang out because he drove all the way out sure, there. Sure, sure. And so we went scouting the next morning. Um, and there was another client for another, one of the other guides who was supposed to come in that evening. And I thought, if I find a good buck for him, you know. So I drove up there and f- found, I'm pretty sure it was that buck that I saw a couple nights before. And that little crab, he he had nice backs, but his fronts were a little crabby. And when we got up there, that other buck was walking in. This was kind of early evening. That other buck was walking in to where that crabby buck was, and they were all bristled up and everything. And we watched them till dark. And the next day, that other hunter was supposed to show up, which he was late. So I go back out. To look for him again, and, and that little crab buck had, I think, nine does, if I remember right. When I go back in there, uh, and that other one was, was non-typical. I remember he had seven on one side. Um, when I go back in there, that crabby buck had no fronts. <laughs> wow. And he had four does. <laughs> oh, broke. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, and
0: so I end up walking just a little ways, and I'll be dang if I didn't find the 7 point side. Oh. It was from probably 2 years before. Yeah. But it was the 7 point side, exact same where those points came off of uh, from that buck. And, okay.
1: Yeah. That's so, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I think there was private land about a half a mile away and that's where I saw him coming a couple of nights before and that's where I saw him coming the night uh, the night before and I almost think that you know he's kind of living over there so I guess he grabbed them girls and Went over to the private place and partied. Right.
1: You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny to see him have, go from nine and with front forks right. to four and none.
1: That's funny. <laughs> that is funny.
0: But it was cool finding that shed. Right. I don't know not why I've never really got into it. I just don't.
1: Right. It's uh To me, it's a rush. I yeah. I just love it even when you find, yeah. So, and I,
0: I guess maybe part of it, too, is I... For a lot of years, well, a lot of years I was gone, you know, working out in Alaska and stuff. But even before that, when I was here working around here, a lot of my weekends and my free time, I was shooting competitive. Right. And so that took up a lot of time, you know, of mine. And I'd make at least one trip, if not two trips for pigs or turkeys or something. Sure, sure. And even like to get really good turkey hunting. Around here, I where from where we live, right? We have to travel to get in good turkey hunting. You know, that's true.
1: So that's true. Yeah, that's probably part of the reason I haven't um, gotten I mean, into turkey hunting too much. Is the tr- just there's nothing close. Yeah, you know, it's time commitment. When I got other stuff, I want well, to and do. Well, your days
0: <laughs> off. You know, you got to have a few days to go. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, shed hunting. Heck I can just do it on my days off and bear hunting's close enough I can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, you can go up for the afternoon if you're to bear or shed hunting too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um yeah. Just, just
0: depends how far you want to go. No,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, there's plenty close to where we're at, you know. So they they tend to get hunted more. Sure. You know, but there's still some to be found out there. Yeah. I found one the best deer antler I found this year so far was in a spot that i've walked i can't tell you how many times and how many antlers i found in there and then <laughs> i i was not expecting to find anything especially anything that had been there for a couple of years yeah uh, i was hoping to find some browns in there is what i was that's why i went back in there nothing had wintered in there this year but yeah one you of probably those. walked by
0: it before huh
1: i have walked very close to that huh. yes yeah um yeah, that happens a lot. It's funny. You, that's why I always go back and I'll hit an area again, especially if it's kind of taller sagebrush, because you you can't see all everything that's in there, you know. Yeah. So I'll go hit it again, and and uh, you that always might be a scrounge up some, some more. Dog, huh? I agree. Yeah, I think a dog a lot of times will find those that you happen to walk by. They they tend to be a little more squirrelish, yeah, than, <laughs> than you are, and they bounce around a lot more. So. Yeah. And they're lower to the ground, so they probably have a different angle at finding them.
0: It's kind of ironic, too, how um, antlers have become so popular for dog chews. It's been mm-hmm. several years now, but, you know, but, I mean, for a long time they weren't. Long time. Now it's like.
1: And dogs love them. We sold some. My son did a his senior project this year. He worked oh, for the Humane right. Society. He volunteered for the humane society and he ended up selling some do- uh, cutting up some of the antlers and selling them for donations for the humane society. Ah. And he sold them at you know, some of the t-shirt shows we went to. He set up his own little part of the booth and he did awesome. Did, and,
0: and then he set up in front of a store. And then he, 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 he set up in front of a fish. grocery
1: store. They let him uh, set up there too. And he sold everything he had left that day, which was quite a bit. So wow. I don't know how, many, how much money he made, but it was a, A lot. And then I've had people contact me, hey, can we get more of those? So, yeah, I've cut up some more for people and sent them out. But yeah, those dogs flipping love those things. Yeah. My dog won't touch them. I I don't, I never beat her (laughs) like that. I don't know why. She's just around them all the time. So she's just not interested in them, I guess. I don't know. But she's never had one for two either, which is probably good. But
0: I know, you know, this last year when I was moving, bought a new place. And I had a pile of horns in the shed that they're just there. Right. And I, wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to do nothing with them. And this uh, guy drove up and says, hey. He goes, I'll give you 500 bucks for the, that pile of sheds. Now, and I, I had a lot more than that. And years ago, this isn't why she's my ex-wife, but <laughs> I come home. She had a yard sale. <laughs> and i see one set of antlers in the yard and i'm thinking what's going on I, at that point i do remember i'd killed 13 bulls and a guy was driving off who i knew and he had just bought <laughs> number 12 Oh boy! <laughs> there was only one set left and there she had sold all of them oh, but one my gosh and as it turned out like uh, that guy like i said i knew who he was i Ran him down, and it happened to be not a big bull; It was a little tiny bull. But it was the first bull I shot my recurve, and I bought it back from him, you know. And then, um, and then served it with papers and it.
1: <laughs> 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 but I was like, oh. So anyway,
0: getting back to you know this last year, I had more, a lot more, and I knew I wasn't going to do anything with them. And I see people that just throw them, whatever, in the garage, and. Right. I don't like keeping a whole lot of extra stuff that I'm not going to use. And when he told me that, I go, "You think?" He goes, "Dude, you can probably get a thousand dollars or more for what you got there." I'm like, "Really?" It's like, "Yeah." So I went through them, and I there was a few like my son's first buck, and and just a few, probably five or six that I kept, and then I sold the rest. And yeah, I mean, I ended up getting like what was it, twelve or thirteen hundred bucks for. But that you nice. know, my biggest thing was. I didn't want to have to haul them to move them because right. <laughs> I had so much other crap to sure. move. Sure, you know, they take up like, a lot of room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was building the fence before I put my house up for sale, and that paid for the fence for most of it.
1: Nice, awesome. Yeah. I probably would have bought, you know, binoculars or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time uh, letting go of them, to be honest with you. But i its the more the pile grows, I think it's easier to get rid of some that.
0: Maybe not as
1: yeah. sentimental. Or, not the yeah. yeah, but the bigger ones you're probably never going to pry those out of my hands. Uh, yeah. I'm sure,
0: especially the matches you got. And, yeah,
1: yeah. So it's pretty
0: yeah. Fun. And you know, honestly, if I had euroed a bunch of those ones I was t- talking about, um, I probably would have kept some of them. But right, you know, euros were back in the olden days. Right, you know, people just really didn't do that That's unless. True. Happened to throw the head on the shed, on top of the shed, and the bugs ate it. Right, Most of the skin was gone. That's right. about as close to a euro amount as we ever got. I think
1: <laughs> we usually always, you know, when I was blacked yeah. out hunting as a kid, we just cut, the, I cut the antlers yeah. off. And...
0: Heck, I had one bull one time <laughs> that um, um, I told myself, if I kill this bull, so I've been guiding out of state for three years, so I hadn't gotten to elk hunt for three years. And I was pretty bummed, you know, and I finally right. told the outfitter, I'm not, don't book me anything for September. I'm going elk Cunning. I always ended up with meat because some clients can't take it all or, don't, right. you know, whatever. Sure. But <clears throat> anyway, um, but this bull wasn't real big. Pisshead, as we call him. <laughs> but I wanted the meat too, you know. Right. And so I, I, I gave it all the chance in the world to not die because I, where he was laying, I said, all right, I had to walk across maybe four or 500 yards in the clear open sagebrush. He had like five, or six cows with him. And I was in plain view, and I thought, if I can get across here and get to where there was a big rock was kind of the goal, you know, and get down to that rock without blowing it, then I will, um, and he's within 50 yards, I'll shoot him. And I got down there, made it all the way across there. They never did look up or anything. Got to that rock, put my rangefinder up. He's 49 yards. <laughs> so, but I already was looking at him, thinking if if I kill him, because I wasn't have to pack him out before I got my llamas. Um, I'm gonna cut the horns off at the base of the horns, and cut his legs off and roll him down the hill, <laughs> as close as I can to the trail. A good idea. And. uh Anyway, I shot him and in his bed, and he got up and took about three steps, fell over, and broke his horn. So he started for me. Right. That's what I did. I just lopped him off at of the bottom, cut his legs off, rolled That's him awesome. down the hill, and then went ahead and did the gutless thing. You know, right. Right. When he got
1: down to the bottom. But, yeah.
0: So yeah, that that was in there too.
1: That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. How'd you get into the whole guiding thing anyway? Um I guess uh part of it was
0: it seemed like you know i was I can't tell you how many times I went out there and said i'm gonna be picky, and then the first thing that shows up I shoot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the way i kinda i guess i've thought thought about it is like I feel blessed to be out there, and I do love the meat, and so uh, especially on elk if I if I get a chance to um, an opportunity to get a shot um, I always feel like what if this is my only chance this year back so this my day. my um, thought is has always been you know I better take the opportunity and and I mean I have been I have held out for animals but for many years, I didn't. Uh, you know, I always had plans too, but, but like I said, I just feel blessed and thankful that I get a chance. There's so many people that go out hunting that don't get a chance right? to even get a shot or whatever. Right. You know? um, so, for many years, I was getting, it seemed like I was getting done early. You know, I'd kill an elk pretty early, first, second day I'd go out. Um, and then I started just wanting to go because i would always plan on getting all my everything in line uh, work-wise and everything and take time off well if i had time left i'd go out with buddies and 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 help them out and one year i went on a uh drop camp um with a couple friends and they asked me if i wanted to do that so we packed in with an outfitter we had a 10-day hunt and um, they just brought us into camp there, everything was set up. All we had to do was bring our food and and our, you know, sleeping bags and stuff. And I killed a bull uh like I think day three. Nothing huge. It was in my recurve. Um, but the outfitter's like, Hey, you know, you want a guide for me? I'm like, Nah, you know, I'm not <laughs> interested and then I went out with a buddy of mine and tried getting him uh an elk and he he missed like Gosh, I think he missed four or five times. And then the other guy ended up killing, killing one over a water hole. But um, the outfitter was kind of on me about, you know, you just come to work for me. You just come to work for me. And finally, a few years later, I went back on another drop camp with him. And um, I was a little pickier that time. But I still ended up shooting like five-point, just a nice five-point. Right. Um, So then he was like, you need to come to work for me. So I said, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll do it. And I just says, I'll give you two weeks. And it was fun. I mean, I I enjoyed it. And and so the deal was, too, was I got to hunt for the first five days. And then I would guide for two weeks. And um, that particular year, that first year, I guided for him. I still shoot my recurve, a takedown recurve. And on the way in packing in the bulls were just screaming everywhere and uh so i got to camp the guy was late supposed to be there at nine in the morning didn't show up till like one and we got into camp it was almost six you know dark eight eight thirty ish somewhere right around there Mm -hmm. so i grabbed my bow put it together really quick asked cook to make me a sandwich i'm eating my sandwich as i'm heading out and uh didn't take a light dumb (laughs) i didn't take a water light or anything because it was bull not all that far from where we were camped screaming his head off and so i walked back there and went and killed him first night and so the next we in fact i got into camp i shot the bull he was only maybe 11 yards i believe and i hit him in the front shoulder on the main bone here you know yes but i knew i got at least one lung and he took off i cow called and stopped him and i can hear him gurgling and then i heard him tumble over and i thought it was getting close enough to dark that i want to make sure i can get back to camp because i had no light sure and so i get back to camp and the outfitter's there a couple other clients and i have one arrow missing you know no blood though anywhere and and so I told them I killed one. They, no one believed me. And I'm like, I, no, seriously, I killed one. And they're like, how big? And honestly, I don't even remember. I knew how big the horns were, like, you know, height twice. Right. I didn't know how many points, <laughs> anything. And so they totally thought I was, you know, giving them a line. Uh, finally, I the Packer and one of the other guys says, we'll go help you look. And, and the bull was piled up right there. He turned out to be a six point. Nice. But, um, um, that kind of that was my first time, first year I got it for. Him. I got it for a few years, and then I um, um, had an opportunity to go. Um, I went and called in the world elk calling thing, and first time I ever did that, you know, uh, is a few years later, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot then, but I ended, I met some people, you know, and I was calling for. Uh, at that time it was Wayne Carleton calls just before he sold the hunter specialties and he ended up selling like not long after that is when he sold the hunter specialties but he introduced me to a couple guys including an outfitter out of new mexico who was one of the judges and he offered me a job so i was still married at the time and and she's the one who sold my horns but <laughs> we got divorced <laughs> August 21st at 2.30, <laughs> and I left August 23rd that's hilarious. and headed for New Mexico, and and that's pretty much how my, you know, the other stuff was just a couple of weeks, you know, here in Idaho. Yeah. I'd take vacation, but then, I mean, I went from, you know, I left in August, like it says, and I didn't come back till, you know, sometimes I wouldn't come back till like close to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, go into Mexico and guide and guide, in, you know, Nevada and Kansas and Arizona and New Mexico and then come back to New Mexico and do the Oryx hunt on the White Sands. Oh, nice. At that time it was uh, just primarily on the White Sands Missile Range huh. and uh, then get back, but um, anyway, it was like I mentioned before, you know, it's it was never a bad it was always fun, I always looked forward to it and you know, as I got older, though, I mean, time's more precious. Right. And, and that's probably why I don't do as much now. Exactly. But it's been good.
1: Yeah. You still do some stuff with Carlton yeah. calls, don't you? Is that yeah. what it's now? It's native by Carlton. Okay. So
0: actually, I um, I was with uh, Wayne, like I says, until the last year he was in business as Wayne Carlton calls. Okay. He sold a Hunter Specialty. And a few years later, um i was down in new mexico when i was uh guiding down there and i ran into one of the pro staff guys for jr keller was hunting down there and so i ended up you know kind of rekindling we hadn't really seen each other and uh you know for years mm-hmm. i'd met him a couple times so mm-hmm. um so he says you should come back you know come with other specialties and I, I honestly you know wayne wayne told me oh you should come to with uh with us uh, with hunter specialties and at that time uh you know this their pro staff was pretty established with hunter specialties and they were the ones who were getting paid and had the trucks and all that and i was kind of intimidated by it and so i i just basically said no thanks you know um but when uh jr uh kind of convinced me to go go to the worlds again and you know come and meet the owners of uh hunter specialties and wayne was part of, wayne was still the face of carlton calls you know um so i ended up popping on with him was in for shoot many years till till wayne's contract they sold again Hunter specialties did and and when they did um wayne's contract was up and then his son mark who had built calls for him for years they kind of started up NATO by carlton and so I've been with him ever since. And um, they've calls have always worked really well for me. And right. he was one of the originators of, you know, of uh, diaphragm calls for elk as we know it. I don't know if you knew this about him or not. But mm. <clears throat> he grew up in, um, he was in Florida before he moved out to Colorado. And one of the first diaphragm calls was made with this is old stuff here <laughs> toothpaste <laughs> tubes used to have lead in them okay and if you wow. remember that you could roll them up and they'd stay rolled up oh, you know not yeah. like now right and um so they had taken a toothpaste uh the metal off of there or the tube off of that huh. and then got a condom <laughs> And that's how the that's how the first turkey call was actually done. That's
1: awesome. Yeah,
0: and so this guy had turned Wayne onto that call, and Wayne got an elk sound out of it. So he was the original person to ever use it for an elk. Wow. And I remember him telling a story. You know that uh, uh, a writer for, gosh, I want to say it was Outdoor Life magazine. I think field and stream, one of those, you know, that back in the day, you know, sure. was like, there wasn't a lot of magazines out then, mm-hmm. but the guy, he went with that writer on an elk hunt and the guy just could not believe, um, the sounds that could be made, you know, how talented Wayne was with that, but just, just any sound, um, you know, sounding so good with a, uh, with the elk sounds and how good it worked. And, and so then, you know, after Wayne moved to his a few years after, the whole turkey call and all that stuff is when he actually started uh, Main Carlton calls after he moved to Montrose, Colorado, which is still a native. By Carlton is based out of, and they make some cool calls. Um, you know that Mark turns some really cool acrylics and woods, and yeah, they're and, beautiful. Yeah, they got some ones that are not only still sound great, but they are beautiful workmanship that mm-hmm. they do on them. I've got one that's uh, you can send an ivory in. And they actually have a silversmith that makes a band with your ivory, oh, cool. and, and puts it on your call, and and uh, it's it's pretty cool. But um, then they've come out with um, uh, the rippet series a uh, um, few years ago, and it, and what it basically does is um, kind of keeps the the diaphragm call far enough away from your mouth to help the airflow and. Makes it easier for a lot of people because some people have a challenge with using a diaphragm call.
1: Sure, and um, def-
0: I like a diaphragm call. Do you, are you? I like them too. Yeah, it you took me a while to
1: yeah learn how to use one. Oh, me
0: too. It, oh my gosh. Like, I was
1: not good. I well, I'm probably still not good, but you get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I called a nice in this year, so.
0: And you know, uh, uh, I have found there's been many times where, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, that. Uh, you think that call didn't sound very good after you made it, and then a bull answers. and right. <laughs> And sometimes they don't even sound very good. That's true. You know, and it that's turns true. out there's been a few times I'm thinking, that's got to be somebody don't know how to call worth crap. Right. And then it ends up being an elk.
1: An elk, yeah. So That's funny. That's but, a good point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I huh. know we got a little bit off the subject. From that's our, okay.
1: <laughs> from our, hey, we're, so. we're, 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 we ring, I can't even talk. <laughs> we wing these things, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, we you know go we, where the conversation leads us when we bring
0: <laughs> we bring some guests in, we'll probably have to be a little bit more, maybe a little bit s- scripted. Yeah, but um, yeah, I enjoy just us kind of,
1: yeah, BS, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and hearing different stories. It though, will be fun
1: to get some other people's takes on yeah, stuff. Yeah, we've got so. some pretty exciting
0: that. people lined up that coming uh, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, this next week we'll get out there and mess with those tree saddles you know, yeah got our red line stuff that uh just got here yep we have our bows all ready to go with that they're yep. getting worked on now and
1: yeah i'm so excited to try that me stuff. too that's gonna be awesome i
0: got a 3d shoot next weekend i'm going to so i'm really yeah. excited about trying the new setup and oh new strings new strings yeah that's right both of us have new strings yeah top,
1: top flight top flight archery right yeah top flight strings. yep yeah yeah, Top Flight Strings yeah. is that what it's called? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: that'll be exciting too. Josh Ty- Tebow. Tebow? Yeah. Yep. Just moved here from New Mexico. He's yeah. been making strings for quite a few years. That's right. He's kind of, he's getting, become pretty well known for his strings.
1: So. Yeah. We're going to try and help him get this off the ground. Yeah. Here At in Idaho, anyway. In. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm cool. excited to try those too. Yeah. Super stoked.
0: Yeah, you were just. We were just talking what not long ago. You were saying I need to get some new strings. And yes. Just happened to meet up with him and.
1: Well, the reality is, I probably need a new bow too. But uh, yeah. I'm not that guy that buy goes out and buys the newest, greatest Me bow either. every year. You liar. <laughs> Daryl's a liar now. I got an addiction. He has a yeah. He's got, he's got problems, but <laughs> it's not bad problems so. No, i don't know expensive yeah. problems
0: <laughs> i usually am pretty fortunate and get yeah get some pretty good deals and yeah. stuff but yeah.
1: yeah that's true
0: i guess there's worse things to spend money on that's fact
1: yeah yep I that agree.
0: and optics i kind of liked
1: he loves his optics as all of us should um, yeah but uh my son, actually, I don't. You don't know this yet, but just bought his first pair of Swarovski's. The other he? day. he? I hasn't got them yet. He gets them on Wednesday. So oh, cool! I don't know what he bought. He just thought, You know, I just know they're Swarovski. So,
0: well, you know, I I've always been, and I've tried others too, but I've always just seemed to like them well, and and um, so they've always. But
1: whatever people could afford is. Buy the is, best you can afford yeah. to buy. You I know, you know. It, doing that's probably why I stick with the same bow for years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah. you know, you're better off buying better optics yeah. to find the animals. Oh, one hundred percent. Because I mean how many t- I, I, there's so many people out there that still shoot with older bows and they still kill. Oh yeah. I mean they Well still
1: that's live. my thing too, honestly. Doesn't mean to cut you off, but like yeah i every year i keep saying i'm gonna buy a new bow this year i want to buy the new bow and blah 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 and and, uh then i just think it's like well i i kill a lot of stuff with the bow i have i it works fine you know but yeah i know as soon as i actually break down and shoot one it's gonna be yeah i should have done this that's that's what you mean yeah
0: well the last one i got i wasn't planning on it
1: right and I went in
0: there, and it's like, shy shy shooting this. I'm like, all right. And then
1: I walked out with it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, my my kids, they're all buying new bows. My my son just bought it, you know, on top of his new Swarovskis, he bought a brand new... What's the new Matthews bow called? I'm not for sure. Me either. Verdix,
0: Verdicts maybe. Or yeah, something, something
1: like that. Yeah. Anyway, he just bought that. My other son... Well, my son-in-law has a, a new Hoyt, and my daughter, who's never shot a bow before in her life until about two weeks ago, just bought a brand-new bow, nice. too. And I'm still shooting the same bow I <laughs> had for eight years, But, probably. you know, one
0: thing that was so cool is I know that we'll, in the future, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk to this gentleman as you took a shooting class, because I know for yeah. years you struggled Yeah, just like I have. Yeah, I mean, I struggled years ago, I for many 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 years. Right. I struggled with target panic and not going to be able to control my shots and and uh that's really helped you a lot, I know.
1: That. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to talk about a whole lot today cuz we're yeah. going to do a whole podcast podcast on it with with uh Joel Turner, but man, he turned me around. Yeah. I I had never had any, you know, formal training. I'd been shooting for years, but I Pretty much taught myself, and did fine. But there were times where I knew I screwed up when I shouldn't have screwed up and lost, didn't hit animals or whatever. And yeah. uh, he did just, dude, the whole mental aspect of what he teaches was awesome. So, what
0: was your? Uh, I know for me, my biggest challenge was shooting around people.
1: Yeah, well, I, I got I was, nervous. I did too. Well, and that was part of not. That was part of you know. For me, it was part of me knowing I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know. know, for real, never really having anybody coach me and just doing it on my own. So I was always, I hated shooting around people for a long time. Yeah, but, and even but I did. You know, I still did it, I, and I did okay. I mean, I think I did okay. But yeah. There's definitely there was room a for improvement. Huge improvement when I went to to his style shooting. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I know when I finally made the. I finally just got pissed off because it was embarrassing. Right. And I know, I knew if anyone else couldn't get through it, I could. Right. So here again, my biggest challenge was shooting around people. So I purposely joined the archery club, which Mm -hmm. I had never, I'd seen a few of those people in the archery shop, but you know, not, didn't shoot around them. Right. But I joined the archery, uh, a league, joined the club, got in a league. And thought I'm gonna put myself in that uncomfortable situation because I know this is mental. Right. And then, kind of a guy who I looked up to, uh, as far as his shooting and his hunting, he's a great hunter and a, a, a great shooter. Is Randy Homer. and he um, he would put an article out in a magazine, which I shoot I. I think had like three or four different subscriptions to magazines at that time. Mm-hmm. But he always had a little, you know, little uh, uh, short uh, segments in his magazines. But I remember I would read his stuff. And that's, I don't know, he, he gave me, he had some good pointers, you know. But what I realized, probably the biggest thing I realized when I went there to shoot, because I thought everyone was watching me because I was so
1: horrible. <laughs> But I know that feeling
0: they could care less because they were worried about their shooting, you know? And then, then the next thing I know, they're trying to help me, but they weren't like laughing. Mm -hmm. They were willing to help. And, and so my thought totally changed on, you know, these guys actually want to see me get better too. And
1: exactly. And I, and sorry, I'm going to cut you off again, but, but um yeah, no, I noticed Um, that too. When I was shooting around people was, they were willing to help you yeah. and that was so cool. And, and that did make you more comfortable, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I that, that was just fun. I mean, and I think that that helped me a lot too, but you get different advice, yeah. but at least they were, you know, you didn't feel like they were like, oh, that guy shouldn't be here. You know? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, I can't wait when we get Joel on here. because we'll talk about his whole system. I kind of knew when I was pretty much, pretty much uh over my i kind of conquered my big fears you know is and i had been shooting competitive and doing when i say well we're talking local shoots i wasn't doing no national shoots
1: or anything sure. like that sure. but
0: there was still pressure you know Absolutely. i mean you put as much pressure on yourself uh is shooting doing an indoor shoot in nevada and it mm-hmm. was in a, a big arena and there's a couple hundred two three hundred people shoot i don't know there's quite a bit Mm-hmm. and there's 40 targets you're all in one line shooting at different yardages arrows crossing and everything and being the last shooter mm-hmm. and and having guys in your group saying don't mess it up Nunes, you right. know and, and <laughs> uh so you talk about pressure then you know right. guys yelling come on and that's funny but staying in control sure. is, is the point sure. you know and and staying in the control to, to the point where you know, I remember one. Time, I ended up three times that day. I'll never forget, three times uh, in that same situation, and I had to let down one time and totally regroup. Came back up, oh. been shot an eleven. You know, made a still made a perfect shot. Perfect. So, but you still have to think about it. There's still that process, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that helped me. But I, I was happy that that really helped you a bunch. The
1: yeah. Um, yeah well i mean you you got that whole thing rolling right here in town didn't you get a contact joel to actually come to twin falls and put that class on yeah yeah so i was grateful yeah and i almost you know and i was it was actually kind of funny because i hadn't shot even when i went to the class that day i hadn't shot in a long time and i was in the process of uh it was that year where I had decided I was doing some sort of cardio for three hundred and sixty five days in a row. Oh. And I was probably I don't know, four months into that. No, it was April. Yeah, so whatever it was, yeah. So I hadn't lifted a single weight. I'd been running and I and so I started shooting and my I got tired fast. I couldn't even pull my flipping bow back after you know, we were only halfway through the class and <laughs> luckily the uh, guys out the shop. We cranked the weight down on my bow, and I was able to finish the class. And of course, it wasn't dialed in, but it, you know, you're really more worried about just shooting sure. consistently yeah. instead of hitting your, you know, target or whatever. So that's kind of how I finished out the class because I was so I didn't realize how much muscle I had lost. Yeah. in that four months without doing with just running all yeah. the time. So anyway, I forever. was watching
0: the NFA uh, finals today back in Louisville. And uh, I was watching on YouTube this morning and, you know, they shoot, you know, um, 60 arrows, you know, each round. Um, And so my wife and I were talking, she was just saying about, don't you get tired, you know, when shooting that much. And, and a lot of people do. I mean, that's why it's so important to shoot a lot. Absolutely. If nothing, it is not only pulling the weight, but holding your bow up. Right. You know, especially like an indoor bow, we'll say, or a lot of times a bow that's set up for target may be a little heavier than your hunting bow. hmm You know, um, but just being able to get through that and hold it up that many times. I remember here again, Randy Omer talking about most shoots are won in the second half of the shoot in the afternoon. Let's say like 3D because he did a lot of 3D competition. And it's so true, and I can tell you that, that I went to shoot last weekend. And um, I actually did pretty good in, after we ate lunch, but I don't like to really stop and sit down very long. Um, but I could tell some of the scores, you know, went down a in little south. bit. south. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, and that's what it is, they start getting tired. Yeah. So.
1: That makes sense.
0: Being in shape shooting your bow a lot so you know and of course you're climbing up and down the hills too and right all that is a big factor that's true yeah
1: hmm. yeah so being in shape there's a lot to be said for it <laughs> for you
0: sure. never thought about it before i never even worried about exercising for so many years you
1: uh you know i've always exercised a lot but it wasn't for hunting i mean i definitely went in the hunting seasons and not been in shape before me too and, you know, I did. That I look at, at
0: some of my v- the videos. I was like,
1: "Whoa!" Yeah, right, <laughs> mine too. It's like how did I get anywhere with that belly? <laughs> but it happens. But you just enjoy yourself so much more when you're in shape.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, and I think, honestly, think the older you get, I mean, it definitely makes you need to be in Uber shape. Uber important. You need to take that in a lot more consideration than when you're younger right. for sure. Oh, 100%. And No, uh, I agree with you. Yeah. You
1: know, you don't, I I'm not ready to be the guy that sits around camp and doesn't just kind of road hunts, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> you no. Know. But
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I've gotten to where you know, I used to pack in all the time with my llamas and I still will do some, but I right. but like a lot of guys uh do like with the backpack and they mm-hmm. go and my hats off to them, you know, for yeah. doing it like that. And and I, it's not that I couldn't do it, not, and I wouldn't do it, because I have. Mm-hmm. But the llamas are pretty dang nice. Yeah, that's something <laughs> just, I haven't
1: got to use. But...
0: Take that little extra gear in right. and packing out. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, they are nice to have, and I I just like the. Um, for me, because I've been around the horses and mules, and they're great. They're awesome. You know, they're more work, though, in For camp. Sure. And that's what I wanted to get away from, I guess. And my llamas are fitting back in my ch- pickup, mm. which was a thing, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Cool. Anyway, well. <laughs>
1: I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. We covered a lot of top topics. Yeah, we did. It was a uh, that's kind of the fun part of what we've been doing is we literally sat down. Right before we start recording, was like, what are, what are we gonna talk about today? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so it is completely off, off the, the cuff, hit. I yeah. guess. Yeah, shoot from the hip. Yep, but exactly. We
0: have so, you know plenty of stuff to talk about it, but we just well today was kind of kind of last minute. It was. I mean, you know, we had other plans to do other things. That's and, true. You know, we said let's just go ahead and get another one done, and yeah, it's been a lot time. of fun. Yeah, I, for I've sure. Had a
1: blast doing these. Yeah, me too.
0: So. All right. Anyway, I guess we'll call
1: it a wrap. And yes, sir.
0: Do another one here soon.
1: Yeah. Yep. They're rolling now. Yeah. Did we say this was number three? I don't know. I don't know either. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, we'll probably talk maybe a little bit about. I want to talk a little bit more about bear hunting next time? Yeah. Just a little bit. Maybe talk about some bait stuff. I thought maybe get like my buddy Nick hopkins on yeah, there. yeah that'd be cool
1: yeah he's talks uh and stuff. what's he own boar masters boar masters
0: yeah yeah so that'll be and
1: they do baits
0: yep he sells baits. he sells all kinds of
1: baits yeah yeah that'll be kind of fun yeah so, and yeah. the last time we talked bears we really didn't talk about the actual baiting no. process much so yeah we'll get and into I think that that's with something the... you know yeah. i mean it's hard to learn what to do where to put them that kind of stuff so that'd be kind of fun to throw yeah. out there and maybe talk get pick Nick's brain about that kind of stuff a little bit too Nick's
0: got a lot of experience and I know he does it yeah he does it a lot
1: yeah good guy too that's awesome so sounds good all right brother thanks man
0: you bet appreciate
1: you okay see you next next time time. thanks guys appreciate you you too bye